Hello and welcome to Just Bleed Radio. I'm your host, Danger Mouse, and this is episode 13, Unlucky for Some. Especially for me, because my picks for the cards sucked. Uh, as usual, I'm joined by our trusty editor, Super Dave Fairtax. Say hello, Dave. Hi, guys. And Austin is back with us. Say hello, Austin. What's up? The USC seems to be bouncing between outstanding events and Apex cards that are pretty, well, meh, to be brutal. Uh, the Dariushan versus Aryukin Austin card, congratulations, Austin, uh, did not disappoint. <laughs> <laughs> it was, if I may say, a slamming card. And in all, 10 bonuses were out, handed out to the fighters. So we have plenty to talk about. Uh, we may even have a little chat about the BKFC card that followed the UFC card. So with no further ado, let's get into it. And we may as well lead off with the main event. And as Austin has just come back, why don't you take us away, Austin? Uh, thank you. And uh, yes, I was uh, very pleased with my event. And uh, <laughs> no, on a serious note, um, sadness is the first thing that came to mind. Um, the legit uh, moment I felt this was when uh, you saw Armin just land a beautiful combination on Dariush. Because it seemed like Dariush came to fight. He looked ready. He looked pretty stoic. Armin was ready as well. But it, it just didn't. We didn't see a fight. We just saw a finish. And that was the thing. It's like he led early with that head kick. And I was like, oh, damn, that's, that's spicy. I like that. Like, I, like, I like where this is heading. And then all of a sudden... Like, they're kind of feeling out They're you know, Darius is kind of circling and, you know, playing the long game, staying at outside of his range. And then in one moment, the knee, like, a, it was a right hook and then a left, right? And then just the follow-up shots, Darius just no time for recovery. Just the minute he got hit, he got hit again and then again. Then he was on his back. He wasn't out completely. He, he was out pretty much as soon as the third shot landed and then woke up i think again on the canvas was trying to defend himself and then that was it like it it took maybe two shots and it was like already over but then they you know kind of one or two follow-ups after that but it was like i was hoping Dariush could show up and that just was not the case armin is pretty much here and he's whatever that fight was with uh you you joaquin silva joaquin silva uh, that he had previously that we all doubted him on afterwards. Like, you know, Dave, Dave even said it too. It's like, he just decided to, you know, fight unintelligently in that scrap. But in this case, it's, it's, it's just more like, damn, you know, he's here. This is, this is his moment. And I think he's, I think he's just one fight away from the title more or less. And that's all I got on it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's back to where the, is, I'm just looking at the results now, and uh, it was 64 seconds he did it, did it in. So even beat Aspinall's uh, finish of uh, Pavlovich. Uh, pretty impressive there. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, like you said, there's not that much to uh, talk about, really. I, I picked Dariush, so uh, I was obviously I was expecting him to, to do a little better. I thought there might be some wrestling involved, and uh, there wasn't. I mean, as, uh, as you both now mentioned, uh, uh, just came out to fight and he took care of business in well 64 seconds so yeah I, I can't really add anything to that one i guess it's a case of looking where he'll go next um we could have a quick look at that before unless dave just wants to jump straight in i thought sir had a pretty good performance um 
it is nice to be proven right about these things. And I've been saying this about Saruhukian for a long time, and it's good that he proved me right. Um, <laughs> he's a uh, decent striker, actually. He just, like, always starts to wrestle, and he doesn't do any damage while he wrestles. And he gets in, like, a wrestling mood and just gives up on his striking. But his striking always looked somewhat not, I mean, a good foundation and effective, but he, he never, like, stayed into it. And this fight was just all striking, pretty much no grappling. Uh, Benil came out, uh, you know, like uh, Austin said, he threw a head kick, might have threw a body kick. Uh, Armin's defense was looking pretty good. He was pumping, Armin was pumping out a decent jab. And then uh, what I thought the final combo was is um, Armin threw out a jab and uh, Benil had his high bl block up. And then he threw like a right hook and actually might have grazed Benil or kind of went behind him. But then he, it was kind of weird. He just, right after that, he immediately grabbed into a double collar tie, which I thought was really cool. And uh, Benil saw it, and he went to put his hands and try to stop the knee coming up. But uh, the knee just went right through his guard and kind of smacked him. And then from there, that was the uh, beginning of the end. So uh, striking only, I thought Sarukian looked really good. He fought to his potential. Um, kind of shows what he can do if he doesn't just rely on his wrestling. Uh, I picked Benil to win this one. I thought Benil was going to crush him. I was dead wrong in that part of it. But um, it is kind of nice to see a contender get a win. And uh, as far as what's next, I kind of like the rematch with uh, Gamera, maybe. Gamera? Yeah. That's that all makes, I had. That would make sense. What if Armin doesn't get that fight? Well, Fazeev's out, isn't he? He's out injured at the moment. Then give him Dustin Poirier. Fuck it, dude. Dust, Dustin will probably turn down the fight, but offer it to him. No, Chand yeah, I, I think that's fair, Chand too. Chand Chandler's after his red panty night, if he gets it or not. Uh, yeah, he's never fighting anybody else again, and he'll wait out the rest of his career, probably. Benil's beaten. Yeah, there's only Poirier left, because Gaethje's holding firm for his title shot. Uh, Oliveira may have the next title shot. We don't know yet. So yeah. Who they? Well, there's um. Oh shit. Who is it? Benoit. Not Benoit. No, he's not. He's not there yet. He needs like another. He needs like a Bobby Green or you know a Dan Hooker to fight first. I think well, he's he's ranked eleven now. The, is he? Yeah, yeah. I I didn't know. Oh, that's right. Brought, yeah. Someone brought it up today. It was Favola that he beat, and Favola was ranked. Yeah, so that, he basically took what he killed. Okay. Yep. That's a step back, because that yeah. basically means that I would say Armin's third right now, behind. I think it, uh, it's. Well, I, it's weird because he technically didn't lose to Gamrot, but he did on the score on the scorecards, but. Yeah, so you'd be like, yeah, fourth, technically, I guess, because it goes Gaethje, or Oliver and Gaethje, I guess you can intermingle, and you would put Oliver above Gaethje, and then you'd have Dustin, maybe, and then if you don't care about Dustin, then it's Gamrot and Armin. Right? So. Pretty much. It's a clusterfuck, because now there's no movement until Islam fights. Yeah. <sighs> Damn it. And I don't blame Islam. Islam just took on Short notice opponent, you know, the featherweight champion and killed him. 
he's said now, he's, he's he has said he wants to be more active next year. So okay, well that's good. He's got plenty of good tenders now. <laughs> I think he said he wants to bite three more times. Three times. Oh, sweet. Which would be okay. Awesome. Good. That that actually relieves a lot of issues that I was thinking of because of that whole champion champion thing that's going around all of a sudden everybody wants to be double champion again when we thought we were done with this <laughs> that makes sense as his motive though because three three more uh, d- defenses at lightweight would put him above khabib for uh, defenses uh making the greatest lightweight of all time and then he can go up to welterweight and yeah become, become a double champ there never bothered if whether he vacates the 155 or uh, tries to come back and defend it, I would imagine he'd just vacate it. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, him and Armin would be getting a rematch would be a beautiful title fight. All right, let's jump onto the uh, second fight then. <laughs> uh, Jalen Turner defeats Bobby Green by KO strikes two minutes 49 of round one. I thought this was an interesting fight. Uh, one thing that was hugely noticeable was uh, the size difference. Like, man, uh, yeah. Turner is just tall at lightweight. Um six foot three. Yeah. And uh you know, with Bobby Green's style, he's got that hands down kind of you know, fun style to watch. And you know, it either works or it doesn't with him. And uh there's like no in between. And if it doesn't work, he normally gets flatlined. Um I thought he started off looking okay. Uh he landed a good combo or two, but about halfway into round one, Jalen started doing a really good job, uh, not really landing the first strike, but the second strike in the combo. And he like rocked uh, Green like three times. And, uh, you know, Green's defense didn't work that great. And I think uh, Jalen's reach kind of played into that a little bit. And then at the uh, end there, it was just uh, kind of beautiful from Turner. Uh, he throws a jab, and uh, Bobby actually sees the jab coming, but he's got a hand down, and he kind of slips. And uh, he slips to the right of the jab, and uh, Jalen was actually expecting it. And so Bobby starts lining up on a big counter, and uh, Jalen just threw, like, the cleanest hook right into where he was moving because he, like, knew he was going to slip that way and caught him. And then that was the beginning of that end of that fight. Uh, and you can kind of see that coming about halfway through run one, like I said, when he started cracking him good and rocking him, uh, you could see Jalen was figuring him out and uh, Bobby's defense wasn't quite holding up. And, you know, it was a good win for uh, Turner. Uh, terrible stoppage. And that's about all I got on it. <laughs> well, <laughs> my, this is the thing. Okay, so about the stoppage, this is what fighters want. I mean, what what do they always say? They want Dan Murgliotta as, as their ref because they'll let he'll let them die in there. This is what they want. This is this is par for the course. When guys are like, "Oh, I want them to go out. Like, I want a, I want a definitive end." This is a definitive end. This is a possibility every single time. Yet they forget that sometimes. But that's neither here nor there. Other than that, I mean, Jalen basically showed what being a tall, lanky striker in this division can do for you, and he. He he, it's not it's not quite fair, exactly for Bobby Green to take this guy on short notice when he had a lot of momentum coming into this fight. It he was essentially fighting a, a middleweight size lightweight. Wait, 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 he had like a seven inch reach advantage. Am I not mistaken? 
Yeah, something like that. Six or seven. Yeah. Yeah, and then he's also about like a, I'm not a foot, but you know, close to it, and taller than him. And it's just like he had nowhere to run. Bobby Green's used to a lot of movement and you know missing or you know slipping shots and whatnot and being smooth with his defense and he had nowhere to go. By the time he evaded one strike, the other strike was right behind it and he was already out of room to run. And Bobby, every time he tried to close the distance to get a combination in or get a shot in, he literally was walking into a counter. He had nowhere to run, nowhere to hide, and nowhere to duck to. And it basically played into Jalen's game. And this is the thing where it's like, Jalen has been all over the place as far as his consistency. He had a five-fight win streak, I think, at one point in this division and then lost it. And realistically, he's that dude who's good enough to be a contender in this division. He just, he needs that consistency. And then he was also coming into this fight with that whole, he, there is a lot of doubt. A, he, he looked like he was having weight trouble, especially that, that on the scale. Just, like just he had to, is, it, is he the Kevin Holland of lightweight then? Uh, no, because Kevin Holland doesn't doubt himself. Kevin Holland just fights to the level of his competition. Jalen Turner tends to kind of have peaks and flows uh, because he has doubt sometimes. And that's the thing. I think he allows himself to get into wars, whereas his confidence kind of wavers occasionally. That's not always the case with Holland. Holland's always confident. He just faces, like, he'll fight to the level of his competition. And it's not like he's looking to, you know, have a war every single time he's looking to try to fight the guy and finish them where Jalen's trying to finish him too. I think it's just, he has confidence issues sometimes. And then also he's not the best with his grappling defense. Holland chooses to not care about grappling defense more often than not. So I think that's the thing with Jalen. I think it's just a confidence thing. He's still young too. I, I, I don't, I don't foresee him not having issues picking up his defense or even just like having, you know, finally worked on his weight issues. Granted, he took this fight on short notice. I think, I think he could be a contender. I think he can. He just needs to keep that consistency. Uh, hell, a rematch with Dan uh, Dan Hooker would be great. But there's not. He's, he, th- this is it. Like he's up in the rankings now. Yeah. Bobby Green. What was Bobby Green ranked before this? Like what? Thirteenth. Bobby was thirteenth. Yeah. Yeah. Hey so, Austin. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, man. What? Didn't he? Didn't Dan Hooker just beat him? I, I know, but like it's where is like, he going to go? No one's going to want to fight him. Just beat him. Like, come on, dude. Well, he just, he just literally. Well, what do you want him to do? He can't fight up because no one's going to take that fight. He's not high enough ranked to take the the for anyone to want to take it unless he fights backwards. And that's like, you know, if you lose backwards, you lose your ranking. He's stuck in the in the same pool as Dan, and that's the thing. I mean, he's not going to fight. He's not going to get. They're not going to do a hooker rematch. And I mean, no, I'm, I'm throwing it out there. It's hypothetical. Like, if he's stuck with that, I mean, you might as well just throw him in there with Benoit Saint Denis. Like, that's a fight that's interesting. What about, what about like, uh, yeah, what about that? Or like Drew Dober or fuck it, give him Fazeev. I mean, Fazeev won't mm, take that No, fight. a little higher than that. Like, it, remember, this is the prima donna division now. <laughs> well, like, Mike Conner called him out, but I don't think uh, he wants that he's, fight. Well, he's, yeah, that's the thing. Down again, though. Yeah, that's the thing. He's not in the rankings. Jalen just got to the rankings now. I doubt you'd want to yeah, lose Tyler that ranking uh, right off the bat. Right now. Is he 14? Yeah, he's 14, right? Yeah. 
PSC, well, maybe he do that one. PSD's ranked 11, so he's one place above Turner, so it makes sense for Turner, but not for BSD. What's RDA mm. doing? That's he's not a lightweight anymore. Oh, no, he fights Welter now, doesn't he? Yeah. He's ranked at 10. His last two... Well, that's bullshit. We know that. <laughs> doesn't All right, help. yeah, that's another here nor there. I just <laughs> wanted to say it's too soon for a hooker rematch, and uh, I ain't trying to do hooker like that. And so I just Well, I don't think he's that. going to fight the rest of this... I don't think he's going to fight for a year now because he just literally had surgery, right? Yeah, yeah but I don't know how long it's going to take to heal. And, I mean, he doesn't have to come back into something better than Turner. No, it's true. And he's nine, I, yeah. too. He's not going to fight backwards again. Is he? Like, oh, uh, Jesus Christ, he is. Or, uh, Hooker's ranked number nine, so. God, these rankings are ridiculous because now nobody wants to fight each other, Jesus. Yeah, again, yeah. What about Hooker versus Bobby Green? But Bobby just lost, and then Hooker won't be available until he heals. So, yeah. I mean, that's it's a hypothetical for the Turner fight, but like in in the best case scenario, I think we have either Morcano step up because Jalen took this fight on short notice, or he fights Benoit Saint Denis, who's looking for a fight now. Well, Moicranos uh, called him out last night, but I think uh, Turner said he wasn't interested because Moicano is the equivalent of a clout. He's like always chasing after someone, like he was chasing after Green and uh, yeah. chasing after Hooker. And so I think he shot that down. But I mean, that's just post fight talk. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think Benoit Saint Denis is the thing. I would. Uh, that's what fight I would look for if I'm Jalen Turner. Yeah, for sure. Be popular. But yeah. Definitely on the up and up. I like it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my biggest takeaway is Austin thought it was a great style pitch. And he wishes yeah, I was sorry. I was just going to jump back onto the referee, and we didn't talk about that that much. Uh, yeah, no, I, I didn't say it wasn't a bad style pitch, or it, that it was. I just say this is what the fighters want. <laughs> this DC, is what they DC, want. DC called it the worst stop he's, he's ever seen. So <laughs> The ref said he felt terrible about it. Oh, did sorry. Oh, yeah. The referee that that did it, he said he felt terrible, but yeah, Austin wants. It's not me. This is what people want, and this is what fighters want. I, I'm just, I'm just telling you, this is the result of what you guys are asking for. Well, <laughs> okay, that's it. I asked for a good other oh, fighters. If you're talking about, yeah, that's what they're asking for. Maybe. No, I think. Oh no, this is yeah. Would not, would not be. I mean, some fans might want that, I guess, but that was. Uh, it was like 10, 12 unanswered strikes. His head bouncing off the canvas. And we saw how tough the canvas was last night. Uh, he was still conscious. I bet Frankie Edgar and Tom Cruise think it was a great stoppage. <laughs> they probably thought it was stopped yeah. too soon. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I'm hey. still in it, ref. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let, let's see what Bobby looks like when he comes back, and then we can maybe make a judgment. That's a um, Tony Ferguson versus Gaethje level of a beating he took there. It just happened in five seconds rather than Yeah, it was just rounds. unconscious for her. Barely yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely not a good so one. True. So yeah, then uh, let's jump on to it. Davidson Figueredo uh, defeats Rob Font by unanimous decision, uh, 30-27 across all three cards. Judges got it right. Uh, we weren't sure what Figueredo was going to look like uh, jumping up a weight class. Um, and quite frankly, he looked great. Uh, I did pick Font. I thought Font's been very tough lately. He's looked 
fairly good as well as as far as I recall in his last few fights. Uh, but Figueredo just looked better, I think, in just about every facet of the game. Uh, you know, great deal of respect shown by the two as well at the end, which is always nice to see. Battle, you know, a real strong battle, but no argument with it being a, being dominated by Figueredo. Uh, and I'll just throw it over to one of you two to have a go at. Uh, I'll I'll take this. My my whole thing was that I I was just kind of worried that he would uh, underestimate um, his opponent, considering that he had been a champion at 125. And I'm speaking of Figueredo. Uh, Davidson Figueredo is that kind of guy who's just kind of like a throwback fighter. He just he's willing to eat a shot and then take it and give a shot. You know, like he he's got a chin, but the weight class was no longer fit for him, whether it be due to weight cuts or the fight style he was bringing in maybe that fight aq also had something to do with it but i I believe more of it was more the weight class thing than anything then he fights a top 10 guy in rob font is probably the best fight for him to test whether or not he's capable of competing in this weight class he has holes in his game it's obvious he leans too far back sometimes he doesn't have the greatest head movement he still eats a couple of shots here and there but that power seems to carry and that's great because he needs it. Otherwise, he'd be struggling in weight class. And he hit Font a couple of times, and Font kind of walked through a couple of those strikes. And then Font would get hit with a counter, and Font would get wobbled. I'll say kicking legs a few times. Well, yeah. And that's the thing. It's like usually if it's at flyweight, you know, Davidson is putting people down by that point. But this is bantamweight, and these guys kind of carry a little bit more muscle, a little bit more mass. He looked. Like a you know a decent sized bantamweight in there. He didn't look super small. You could tell Font was the bigger guy, but it it looked like it was a decent fit for him. However, his his wanting to get into a firefight, I'm kind of concerned with because it's not. I, I'm not so much concerned with his chin. I'm concerned with him giving up rounds and um, allowing the fight to be competitive. Because this, I don't think the scorecards represented how close this fight was, in my opinion. Yes, he got, you know, he put Rob Font down a couple of times and he was able to kind of hit hard and wobble him more than once. But Font was in this fight. He was never out of it. Yeah, um, which round would you give him? I would have given him the second. And then the like the first was pretty much like controlled by by Font until he got hit twice and then wobbled twice, dropped once. Like yeah. it he he's it's a typical Rob Font fight. He's winning until he gets hurt. <laughs> so like you can't yeah you can't be mad at Font for you know being in control and then losing it because he's winning on points. But like it's a it was still a competitive fight. But you know this is this is a perfect pretty good like landing spot for Figueredo. It was the proper test that he needed. Not somebody who's outside of the rankings. Not somebody who's in the top five. Someone who's just around that top ten. Who's a competitive out every time, and that's Rob Font. And that's I, I think we had a pretty good performance. I don't like his chances against the top 10, or uh, the rest of them. I don't like his chances against the top five. I think he's too old to be uh, you know, changing weight classes this late. But, I mean, if he gets wins, good for him. Um, I don't know who to put him up against, though. It's division stacked. So, you know, where you go. How old he is. Oh, yeah, 35, that magical age. The Nobel. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The stats reign true. <laughs> Dave, you got anything on this one? 
Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good impressive from uh, Figgy. Uh, I was dead wrong about how I thought how I thought this fight was going to go. Also, um, I thought Font was going to go in there and make uh, Figgy look like a flyweight, kind of like he did to Sergio Pettis. And, you know, at the beginning of the fight, I thought he did make him look like a flyweight, not skills-wise, but size-wise. Uh, Austin might disagree. I guess uh, Figueredo might be uh, a little bit thicker, but Rob, Rob definitely did have the uh, size advantage. Um, I thought it was a pretty good fight. I thought Figgy looked all right, except, you know, what Austin said with, like, the head movement and stuff holds true. Um, Striking-wise, it actually was really close. Uh Font landed a total of 46 significant strikes. Figgy landed a total of 45 significant strikes. Um, I couldn't find any round. I couldn't even, like, find any round to give to Font, even if I wanted to. Like, even if they landed similar strikes, I thought that Figgy's clearly had more impact. Also, I was pretty surprised with how well his takedown offense worked. He got six to seven takedowns. He had four minutes of control time. And so it was a pretty obvious uh, decision for him. I thought he looked good. Um, and I thought Font looked okay. Uh, I think he just wasn't prepared for the takedowns. And, uh, you know, he just doesn't do that great against guys with power. And uh, overall, I think he looked good. I, next, I kind of want him to see, I want to see him fight Peter Yan. That's what I hope they do next. That'd be a good fight. Is, is Yan available? I have no idea. He was injured, wasn't he? I don't know how long he's oh, still. Okay. Uh, Sean Brady defeats Kevil- Kelvin Gastelum by submission. Kimura at one minute forty-three of round three. Um, I uh, I picked Gastelum for this one. Um, I picked Brady in his last fight, and then he lost. So I, I picked against him this time, and that was a horrible mistake, uh, obviously, because Gastelum did not look good. I don't think throughout the entire fight, as long as it lasted. Uh, just dominated by Brady. Uh, I guess I'm I'm maybe surprised Brady didn't. I'm trying to think whether Brady was as great ground and pound or not. Uh, not necessarily last night, but just a dominating performance uh, again by Brady. Uh, and as we're trying to flick through these fairly quickly, I'll uh, throw it open again onto someone else. Oh, I will say this. I did see this post. Uh, there was something on Twitter. Uh, Gastelum was awarded his black belt by 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu the uh, other night. So Dave's going to be inserting a clip here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought this was a really good performance from uh, Brady. Um, you know, I I was really impressed with his cardio, how well it holds up. Uh, you know, his loss to Earth. His win in Kiesa, but where he kind of got beat up in round three, I guess his nose was all fucked up. He had nose surgery, and then uh, Bilal smashed him. Uh, I really expected the fight to go kind of like the Bilal fight, but worse, because I thought Kelvin had decent takedown defense. I thought he had good hands, good cardio, and all that shit. But uh, Sean Bray went in there and did the thing. Uh, you know, he got his takedowns pretty much every time, like... Kevin Gastelum's takedown offense has just gotten worse, like Darren Till level worse. Like, I mean, I think round two, he like fell down at the beginning of the round and then that was it. Uh, But Sean Brady looked great. He looked strong. The cardio held up good. Um, I was wrong about how the fight would go. Uh, Interested to see what's next for Sean Brady and uh, 
he did a hell of a job. He needed this win. And uh, I mean, there, I felt like there was a lot of doubts about Sean Brady coming into this fight. And there still might be some doubts, but man, he, he looked pretty good. Kelvin, or I'll say this, Kelvin, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I don't think Kelvin was in this fight, but I mean, even if he was, he probably wouldn't have done much better. But I mean, I don't know what's going on with Kelvin. Something no, 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 no. Uh, no, no, no. You, I don't think you're wrong on your take. Uh, if we're looking at Kelvin, Kelvin's just had a history of just having moments where he shows up and then doesn't. This is just another one for the pile. Like, yeah, there's like on a mission for gold, Kelvin. That's like really good. And then there's like, every he was other trying. Time. Well, I mean, yes, he got beaten and ran over, but still, like, he, he had moments of success in that first round. It, like, all those scrambles that we saw, like, he, that looked like old school Kelvin. Like the yeah, one once who he got taken down, fighter. he did do a, or actually not in round two. Disregard. No, it was all round one. Unfortunately, yeah. it, that that legitimately that first round was like old school Kelvin scrabbling, like him winning the Ultimate Fighter against Uriah Hall, and like just showing like you know what I'm not gonna go down without a fight. I'm gonna keep going. I don't care. He even got a, a reversal on um on uh, Sean Brady, and then started landing some ground and pound uh off of that. Like he, he was in it. And then just that, like, like you said, Dave, the minute he decided to throw a low kick and then just slipped, that was it in the second round. Right. Like literally in the first 10 yeah. seconds of the first round. Right. Or second round. Yeah. And that was it. Like he just couldn't get back out. I think, I think Kelvin's problem in this fight in particular, specifically this fight was that he reverted to, I have to defend and therefore I have to kind of like not allow this guy to get you know, in my guard, I have to be the aggressor. And then he just forgot, oh, I also have to remember to kind of keep on my takedown defense. Like he just gave him the opportunity. And then we probably saw the Kiesa and the Bilal fights also and thought he was going to just go in there and fucking piece him up. Oh, yeah, 100%. And then that, you know, Brady doubled down on the thing that he was good at. Whereas in the Bilal fight, he's just like, all right, well, I can just kind of roll over this guy because he's smaller and I don't have to worry about his striking. He doubled down on his grappling and just did not give Kelvin a chance. Like, that was the thing I think that was best for Brady because he made Kelvin have to accept the position. Kelvin usually doesn't accept position. And in this case, it's like the grappler is going to just stick to his game. He's not going to deviate from it. He didn't really have powerful ground and pound. He was just fishing for opportunities to finish the fight, and that was it. Like, a, a standard... Sean Brady performance, more or less. And he needs to fight a striker neck. He has to. And not a, a, a former middleweight. He needs to fight a new welterweight. And he lost to the last one that he fought. He needs to fight another one. I, I don't know who you put him up against. I'm thinking you probably either put him up against Jack Delamadeline or Ian Gary. I like the JDM fight. I don't know if JDM will take that fight, but I like it. I, I like both he of those might. fights. He might. He's crazy enough. You know, but yeah. still, and he'll probably lose it because you know takedown defenses in his strong suit. But we'll see. Do you want to take us away on uh, the Guida fight? Joachim Silva defeats Clay Guida by unanimous decision, twenty nine twenty eight. All three judges. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you say about a forty one year old lightweight who has seemingly been the same fighter for the past twenty years? <laughs> I do. Plays he's cool. still plays crazy, <laughs> crazy, yeah. 
I he never he never seems to stop. Even when he's hurt, he seemed it's weird. It's almost like Guida has gotten better with this striking as time has gone on. He's just not as all over the place. He slowed down a little bit, you could tell. Like he's got yeah. that weird head bobble movement, you know, it's all trunk and not head, you know. And then um he's throwing out the jabs. He's got decent combinations and he just knows he was in this fight. Honestly, if he doesn't get hurt at any one of those points, he probably wins the fight. Realistically, I mean the the grappling seemed to favor him and he was not getting submitted. He was surviving the positions and then actually landing some ground and pound at certain points. But like, if you're looking at a guy with longevity, look no further than Clay Guida. Clay, <laughs> yeah. the carpenter Guida, is a guy you can always bet on to be exciting, even when he's probably going to lose against a better fighter. And it's weird. It's a weird thing to see a younger. He's that's the thing. Clay Guida is 41. Uh, Jawa King Silva is 34. And he's not, this is the middle of the road. This is the only type of lightweight Clay Guida should be fighting. He shouldn't be fighting anyone that's in the top 10 or anything else. He should not be fighting anyone lower than this. Like, this is, this is his middle ground. He's a test for anybody who's coming up, but still, like, a guy you want to always have on a card, and especially the main card. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe UFC 300 for uh, Clay. Who knows? <laughs> him versus Jim Miller, why not? <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah, I was just looking at, at Clay's record. UFC sixty four was his first UFC fight. Jesus Christ, <laughs> two thousand and six, so seventeen years ago. Oh yeah, Christ. it's probably people on the Discord younger than that. Oh, that's a hundred percent true. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's all I have. Yeah, I, mean, I get anything, Dave, on this one. No, uh, I agree with pretty much everything Austin said. It was a fight. Uh, I was impressed with Jim Miller's durability. Or, not Jim Miller. Clay, Clay Weed's durability. Yeah, I was laughing at I forget one of the commentators saying it, it might have been Bisping saying that uh, Clay had walked three miles just getting to the arena. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Uh, that's such a Clay, Clay thing to do. Yeah, he bounces all over the place. I want some of whatever, whatever it is he's on. Uh, yeah. Uh, Dustin <laughs> Solfus uh, defeats Punahele Soriano by submission, rear naked choke at four minutes ten of round two. And I think, didn't you pick uh, Stolfus? Austin? Who? Did I? I'm just looking. No, that was Dave, probably. I definitely picked everything wrong on this main card. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of the earlier fights. Yeah, it was, this fight was a good performance from Dustin Stolzitz. Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. I felt bad for Daz. I think Daz was uh, into Puna Haley, Soriano. Soriano. But, uh, you know, I think uh, Dustin kind of just had his way with him for the most part and got a nice submission. Uh, well, uh, I I had faith in Pula. Punahele Soriano is that I, that's, I'm not Hawaiian so I wouldn't know how to I gotta ask Daz next time but um, he has the same thing that he's done in every single fight where he walks in he's you know lackadaisical with his stance and his striking he just throws the stipple you know one two and then you know it's always the power right hand and he's usually pretty good at finding that mark in the button but like he didn't have anything else after that he hurt Stolfus multiple times in this fight and get he got dropped at the end of the first by a, a simple straight left, I think. And it, it's almost like, 
okay, shit, I, I have to find something else. Obviously, this guy's going to tie me. And then even when he didn't change his game plan, he still hurt Stolfus. And then, oh, he steps into his guard and just can't finish him. He has him hurt and just can't finish him. And then Stolfus just manages to switch his stance and get into a takedown. And Pulahani can't defend the, you know, the choke. It's almost like he's he was counting on just kind of becoming a champion with a simple overhand right. And it's like, you're not Dan Henderson. <laughs> like, it, he's got a chin on him, but it, he just, there's a point where there's a lack of development. And I don't know if that's just because he's not trying or he's just not a- able to develop. And maybe it's a good thing that he lost his fight so that it wasn't because of injury. He's had tough fights before. He's he's capable of winning against decent guys. And I'm not, he's not the biggest middleweight either. He's, He's a stocky kid, but Stolfus isn't even the biggest middleweight in this division. I think they both have faced big guys, and I know Stolfus, I think, got knocked out by Alex Pereira. But it's just it's disappointing to see this is where Pugliani is, and I think he can bounce back from this. He just needs to adapt. He needs to have different weapons. He needs to have a decent grappling game that's actually complementing his striking. He needs to be able to throw out a jab and not look for the overhand right every single time. But I, I don't know if he's willing to change. And if he is, great. I think he's young enough. I don't think he's 34, 35, I don't think. I think he's still young. So I, he's got time to learn. He's got time. Stolfus looked good, but you know, still a lot of holes in his game. This is a good win for him. Um, both men need to develop their games. So next up was Misha Tate defeating Julia Avalavi by submission. One minute 15 of round three. Uh, another rear naked choke for uh, Misha Tate. Um, a legend comes back and uh, does it again. Uh, very grinding fight, obviously. Uh, but I guess she did get the finish at the end. Uh, I didn't think Misha could do it at 37 years old, and she's proved me uh, massively wrong. Uh, I think it was probably at least two ten eight rounds. Um, I'll have to offer offer that one up to the experience of uh, Dave there, because we always argue over over what ten eight is. Uh, <laughs> but, but maybe because it's cupcake, he'll declare it's a ten eight. Who knows? Um, no, I'd I'd give uh, rounds one and two ten eight cupcake or no cupcake. Uh, <laughs> man, I thought like. I thought that was a hell of a performance from Misha Tate. Like, uh, Avila might just suck, but uh, Misha Tate outlanded her like 32 to 3 strikes, had four or five takedowns, uh, almost 11 minutes of control. She looked very physical, uh, like, just did a great job. And, like, to reiterate, I don't know if that's because of the level of her competition or whatnot, but I mean, just overall, I was really impressed with her performance. I was really disappointed with her post-fight. I mean, I did like that she said she's going out with the kids and she's going to go get, like, cake and ice cream and all that shit. Like, I love it. But, I mean, I think that was, like, after such a good performance and such a win, she should have really called someone out. Like, called for something at UFC 300. Like, been crazy. Call for Ronda. Call for Holly Holm. Like, you know, you just did a great job. Like, call someone out. And some people don't like that, and I guess I can understand. Maybe she just wants to enjoy what she did and all that. But uh, 
I think if she made the right call out, there could have been a lot of hype on an upcoming fight. And, uh, so to answer your question, I had uh, the first two rounds, 10-8. Good. <laughs> yes. I guess she probably thinks there's no chance of a title shot at her age. So she's probably just fighting for cash, I guess, and for whatever it is she wants to do for herself. Are you kidding me? Yeah. She's, she, do you see who's fighting for the title? It's Myra Buena Silva and it's Raquel Pennington. She has a chance. Yeah, I, I guess you're, you might well be right there, yeah. Whether she gets like not. Yeah, no, it's like it's not because I don't think they're good. I think it's just because of the name value. And like Dave said, all she needs is one person. Um, if I'm going to go on the fight, I, I felt like there were moments of 10-8s. I would have not have awarded 10-8s altogether. I think I probably would have just been unanimous decision off the board. And then I probably would have been to looking... three significant strikes. I, I know. I know. I just, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm looking at the opponent and not who the opponent is. I, I know. I know, Dave. I know. It's not impressive to, to me. It's like, she just got to win. It, if it was, if it was more like a situation like Randy Couture coming back to win the title after losing and then beating up Tim Sylvia for like five rounds. Okay. Yeah. Or if and it was like anyone Tim- by Avila, maybe. Yes, exactly. That's my whole thing. Okay. Like, all right. Yeah. 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 It, 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 that's my whole like it, if if it was another bantamweight in this division let's say shit um i don't know uh macy sejong uh who's a bantamweight in this division that's got a decent like pull uh irene aldana fuck even holly home like any one of them and that okay this is a different story she's got the Ooh. win against a name you know who doesn't but want the Holly rematch? Also, like who doesn't want that? Oh no, no, no! That's the thing. Is like we don't even know what the situation with the title is going to look like now. Because then you have, I think, honestly, honestly, she probably probably could have probably uh, called out uh, Juliana Pena. That would have been the call out, and that's the only call out that would have made sense. Because if she got, she can't call out Holly Holm because Holly Holm be just friends. lost some. Well, I mean, possibly, but even then, like. Well, no, she I, might have no, pushed her to victory on tough, and they might be like tight. No, I think she actually fought her. I think she fought her. Oh, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, shit. I think. Oh, don't don't dead dead wrong me on it in case I'm wrong. But like, I I I feel like they fought before, and this would be an interesting take because both of them have chased championships before, and neither have defended. So it would be interesting to see if that fight you know takes place again that's a rematch that's worth watching same with holly home but like again this is women's bantamweight this is par for the course there's no names misha misha came back after failing at 125 and then coming back and facing a, a i don't mean to you know julia avila is probably a nice person but she's a nobody i'm sorry like it what she had to just get a win just to be eligible to be a call out later i think that's the thing I, I feel like she's waiting for somebody to call her out, and then whoever calls her out, that's a name that can like my either Raquel or Myra Bandesinova. I guarantee they're going to call her out once either of them wins the title. All she has to do is wait. She has a win. This is like this is like light heavyweight in a uh, you know the year of our Lord, uh, twenty twenty three, where the the belt's literally just jumping hand. Be available. Oh, I guaranteed. Enough. Yeah, a, a, a shot's going to come to you if you're if you at least if you have a win. Uh, by the way, uh, Pena 
and um, Mishte have never fought. Oh, they haven't? Oh, okay, well, I'm dead wrong then. <laughs> In real time, there we go. And now we're on to some of the uh, more exciting finishes, I guess. I'm, I'm half tempted to flip back to the bottom of the card and come back up, so we leave these for last. Uh, but we'll we'll go in the way we've been going. Cody Brundage uh, defeats Zachary Reese, uh, who was a six and zero prospect, as far as I remember. Uh, beats him by KO slam and some follow up punches. One forty nine of round one. Uh, this was the um, was this the armbar or the triangle one? I forget now. Uh, yeah, it was a, it was kind of a triangle with like sort of a loose armbar, but the arm was like down in that position. Where he uh, he picked him up, kind of swung him slightly, slammed him down sideways on the canvas, head straight into it. Uh, Thought he was stunned, jumped on top, landed a couple of uh, head strikes, a hammer fist. Um, just a beautiful performance. Uh, I wish I'd picked Brundage because I uh, I almost did. Uh, but uh, yeah, bad news for uh, Zach Reese, but I dare say he'll get another shot. Just 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 one of those crazy. Uh, Fight bonuses of the night. Uh, yeah, it was a hell of a uh, finish. Um, from my end, there's yeah. really not much to say about it. It was a nice setup and uh, a good slam. Uh, I noticed lots of times when people are doing like a triangle, they'll uh, put their arm around the guy's leg. And I guess it's not to prevent them for, from being picked up, but that'll kind of work as a side effect to kind of help you get picked up and slammed, so I'm surprised he didn't hook his arm around the leg, but uh, you know, it was a good finish, and uh, it was pretty cool the uh, two slam KOs in a row. Well, that was the second one, right? Yeah, and yeah. then yeah. Um, well, it, I think that's the thing. If you remember, Cody's coming off of that controversial DK, uh, D, uh, DQ win um, over uh, oh, uh, Robert Whitaker's boy. Um, oh, damn it. His teammate, uh, the smaller, shorter, stockier wrestler from Australia. I forget his name. Anywho, he like, he gets the DQ win off of that and then comes into this fight and he's just kind of like, all right, I have to, I need to make this count. Like you, you looked at him and you're like, oh yeah, he's going to try to do some shit. And then, sure enough, like this dude, this is the, this is the first, this is the, both of these dudes who got the same thing that happened to them literally did the thing you don't do. Which is hold on to a submission and, you know, risk your own, um, you know, uh, <laughs> your own, uh, risk your own knockout by virtue of trying to hold on to the submission. Like, it, literally, they did the wrong thing. You let go so you can, you know, get out of the position so you're not slammed KO'd. But they're like, nah, they're not going to KO me. I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> no, no, you're not. Stop it. Stop it now. <laughs> I'm fine. Where am I? Yeah, that's one of the reasons those slams were legal is because they were defending a submission attempt. Yep. I missed that. Well, it's the same thing that happened to Rose, right? Josh almost spiked her. Pretty much spiked her. Just, you know, if it wasn't like... It was at a slight angle, so it it wasn't considered spiking, but still. uh, During sub-defense, you can spike. No, you can't Oh, you can't? No, you can't spike in the UFC. I pulled up the rules yesterday. Okay. So you can or can't? In a, in a, if you're defending a submission, you can like slam them however you want. I imagine there's got to be something in there about spiking so that way you're not breaking somebody's neck. Yeah. I don't know. I, well, 
that I think that's the thing though is that both of these were at like they literally picked up the person and then just like black just slapped him down on the fucking <laughs> yeah. canvas, you know? Like like if you're airborne, the rule of thumb is to let go of the fucking submission. <laughs> like, come on. What are we doing here? But no, that's all. Yeah. It was good good finish. It was a nice rebound for uh, you know, Cody Brunage, especially after that DQ. And then, of course, we had the original and best one of the night, the Drakkar Close, who did much the same thing to Joe Selecki uh, at 1 minute 41 of round one, so eight seconds faster. Uh, no follow-up strikes needed, although I believe he did say he would have liked to have uh, landed a... I think he was laughing with it about the referee, uh, with the uh, whoever was interviewing him. Probably called me, I guess. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, here's the thing. I think his was more impressive because he literally, like, it looked like he was picking up a piece of, like, you know, like, I don't know what you would call it. It wasn't, like, a sledgehammer-like effect, but it was, like, close to it. Like, he literally picked the dude up, and so, like, he looked at the ground and was like, oh, this is probably not good. And it was just completely out. Uh, and here's the thing. I don't think Jakar Close has fought since that, um, since that incident he had with uh, Joe Stevenson. Oh no, I'm sorry, not Joe Stevens. Um, oh god damn it. Uh Little Heathen? Not, no, no, not God damn it. Uh, th- thank you. Jeremy Stevens. I, I don't know why I blanked on his name. But uh he he I don't think he's fought since then, correct? Since that failed uh, you know, weigh in where he, you know, got you know, pushed and had like a whole concussion thing happen to him. I feel like that's the case. If if not, then um, but I'll be dead wrong again. <laughs> that's fine. But um, speaking, speaking it, of dead wrongs, I've just pulled up the unified rules of MMA and spiking an opponent to the canvas on his head or neck is illegal. <laughs> Multiple dead wrongs on this show. I love it. <laughs> but um, no, like this is good for Jakar. He hadn't fought. He's thirty five. That's not great in this division. You, it's not. Doesn't mean yet you're out. Especially at lightweight, it, it, matter of fact, it might actually just give him one more year of being competitive, and that's it. But good for him. I mean, if you're looking at a guy who had potential and then kind of lost it all after, was it was your car? Like he was on a win streak, and then he fought Benil, and Benil put him into Dreamland in a pretty crazy fight that they had, and then he just hasn't had anything of note since. And now he's got this, and he's got momentum. It'd be nice to see him get a couple wins together and, you know, maybe get a, a contender fight at some point. But, you know, hey, just get the win first, baby. Was it this one uh, or the, or was it the Brundage one where uh, they said, uh, who do you want to fight next? And he went, I want the easiest fight I can get. I think that may have been him. Yeah. I thought it might have been him. Yeah. I don't blame him. Best after uh, fight speech I've ever heard in that case. Yep. Yep. That's the thing. It's like, yeah, they, they, when they don't know what the hell's going to happen next, ah, just give me a fight. I don't care. <laughs> and then I, I, I'm guessing I was trying to find out what was fight of the night, and I, I didn't see an official notification, but I'm guessing it was Rodolfo Bellato who defeated Iho Pateria by TKO, uh, 4 minutes 17 of round two. And that was a crazy back and forth fight. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to put it to. Kind of in the order it went in my head. But I think Bilato was kind of ahead in the first round with his striking. 
Uh, although there were some nice comebacks. I remember a, a vicious flurry uh, from uh, Pateria uh, backed up against the uh, cage. Uh, I think he might have clipped Bellato on that one. I'm not sure. I think there was like 17 wobbles and stuns in this fight alone. <laughs> yeah, you could be right there. Yeah, it was very back and forth. So then uh, we ended up with uh, Bellato get, got clipped, gets taken down or drops down. And then some vicious hammer fist with his head kind of bouncing off the uh, canvas a few times. And it looking like the ref might well stop it. And then, of course, the ref doesn't stop it. And uh, I forget exactly how it was he uh, managed to get to his feet again. But uh, he then took... Uh, did he take Pateria down and uh, finish him on the ground? Yeah, it was when he, he grabbed Mount, didn't he, and was just raining the blows down. And it, you were wondering how, how long the uh, ref was going to give it, given how long he'd given Bellato. But uh, he stopped it fairly quickly, I think. But there was nothing coming back. There was a definite difference in what Bellato was doing when he was taking shots and what Pateri was doing, because I think he just had his arms covering his head mainly and turning ever so uh, thing, uh, side to side kind of thing. Um, but yeah, fantastic fight. Uh, I'll just throw it open. Who wants it, baby? Mm -mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, quick, quick thing. I think it was fair. I think it was close to fair because if you looked at that finish. Oh, you could see the sigh of relief. I think he was just like, oh, my God, it's over. I don't have to worry. It's done. <laughs> Pateri did a good job of just trying to defend. But, like, it, I, yeah, I think he was just dead tired. Like, you saw him drop his arms after that flurry. And you're like, how the hell is this guy still alive? And Pateri is thinking the exact same thing because he's just like, shit, <laughs> he's still here. <laughs> and arguably, I think it should have been stopped. It could have been. I don't know if it should. I take that back. I, it's arguable you could have stopped it at any point during that like 30 seconds of just onslaught that Pateria landed on him. Because even at one point, like he looks at the ref, he's like, are you fucking serious? You're not stopping this? Yeah, Tom, Tom Jones moment. Yeah. Do I have to 12-6 yeah, like this guy now or what? I know, right? Like, hey, then that's going to screw me over. But, like, he just literally un he unloaded everything in the kitchen sink and then the neighbor's house as well. Like, he just he did he did everything he could to finish that fight and that dude was still there that's the thing that was crazy about this is that that dude probably got hurt more than uh i think pateria did and pateria was just literally fucking landing everything that he threw and not with great effect at certain points but like still like he he unloaded on him he was still there somehow the ref didn't call it and then sure enough like you're seeing a transition he goes for the takedown manages to get it and then just like the 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 damage that Pateri is taking is not is not nearly as bad as what was given to um I forget his how do you Bilato. say his name Bellato yeah and then out, well. oh, okay yeah okay but it, the he just gets mount and he just starts load uh, like unloading like he's not even throwing with a lot of uh heavy pressure like he's just throwing to throw so that way he. I think he was like, oh, please, God, let him stop it. I don't think I could make it after this. <laughs> that is a hell of a fight, fight of the night for sure, if it did. And, um, again, it's just another one on these, uh, I think, on this uh, UFC, it was uh, Austin card where it was just like, is it, is it a great card just because it was full of finishes, regardless if it was short or not? But, like, it was a good event. And um, I think that's just added to it for sure. This was one of those ones. I think it was, uh, um, you'd call it like a, 
not a trendsetter, but like, uh, all right, this is the standard. All right, we're going to have a crazy night. <laughs> yeah, it started off steady with the, um, well, we'll get to the Hardy fight, but uh, just, just jumping back, I was, I was, I, I pretty much had my uh, picks for KO of the year uh, notched up. And now bloody Drakkar close with that uh, slam. Uh, I might have to readjust things now. That's yeah, it. seriously. That has to be up there for uh, KO of the year. <laughs> Bare minimum. You have anything on Bellato, uh, Dave? I don't have. Uh, I, I agree with everything Austin said on the last fight. Well, why don't you take us away on Jar- Jared Gordon, who defeated Wellington Terman by submission, rear naked choke, one minute eleven in round two. Uh, I thought that was a uh, very fun fight. Uh, Herman was really good in the first round, and uh, you know was kind of having his way with him. I thought, and it was just good, action packed, all that. And um, you know, in round two, it just fell off, and uh, Jared Gordon came out, or Jared Gordon came out there and just fucking put him on, put it on him, and uh, got the submission. It wasn't a long fight. Uh, they both had their moments, and. Uh, you know, Wellington, he, it was kind of weird. He almost had like a Potan-like style, and he like cut his hair like him and was trying to do that kind of thing. And uh, his chin wouldn't hold up to that. There's only one Potan, and uh, so that was a fail for him. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a fun fight. Why, why don't, come on, Austin. I know you must be bursting at the seams to get in on this one because you were one of the <laughs> only two people who picked the bloody uh, fight on the server. Well, I mean, it, it, this is a weird one for me because it's like, is it just me, or did Wellington Terman look better in this fight than he did in majority of his other fights? Right, and I I, I like I like this guy, and I don't I don't, I don't say that lightly because it's like it's hard to find a guy that you're looking at and it's like he's he still sucks, but you still want to root for him because <laughs> that's what it felt like. And then I, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, all right, well, Jared Gooden hits hard still. He's still he's still one of those guys. It's like he's hard to kind of fight because he has an awkward kind of like heavy punch but slow you know it takes a couple of punches here and there but he doesn't move towards you he just kind of you know shuffles his feet to you and then occasionally he'll throw a big hand as long as you kind of play the outside he's usually that kind of guy that's like not to not to be the guy that you know wins those kind of decisions or he usually wins by finish if he does win um Wellington Terman, I was thinking, I'm like, all right, well, if he's the better athlete, he probably wins this fight in the long run. And then I'm thinking, oh, wait, that's right. This is at this is at welterweight. Oh, yeah, no, I'm going with Jared Gooden on this one. I I don't know. It just felt like I was watching a really fun fight. Wellington was doing really good, pretty much winning the entirety of the fight up until he got clipped. And that was it. That's all Jared Gooden needed. He's like... <laughs> All right, I got this little young guy. I got this little son of a bitch. It's over. Fuck you guys. <laughs> but good for good for him. It sucks for Wellington. I I truly hope that this guy gets a win soon because the dude's trying. I mean, he's got a good camp behind him. It just sucks when you know that that dude puts in a lot of effort and it's not. It has nothing to do with him. He's just facing really tough, you know, opposition. I'm not gonna say Gooden is a champion or anything, but like, what are you gonna do? This is the UFC. You're going to find hard fights anywhere you go. And even if they're not ranked, it's still it's a tough fight regardless. He's in a better. I think he's going to probably be a better welterweight than he was a middleweight. But still, like I'm rooting for the guy, but good for uh, Gordon. Regardless, this guy is one of those guys who's like a veteran at this point. He's not young either. So 
it'd be nice for uh, both of these guys to get a good matchup after this and just, you know, hopefully have better options after this fight. Yeah, it was a fun back and forth uh, fight. Uh, I certainly enjoyed that one. Uh, and then uh, one of the fights I, I thought I was going to start off with a great night because I actually picked this one. Ronnie Cardi defeats Jamie Lynn Horth by split decision, which we'll go on to in a moment. Um, over the full three rounds, obviously. Uh, Veronica Hardy looked great, to be honest. I, I'm, I've heard Dan talking about how good she's been, and obviously you wonder um, it's her husband that's talking about her. Uh, so obviously he's not going to say bad things, but she really kind of lived up to uh, the praise he was giving her. I think she was moving very well, had the edge in speed, even though she was uh, clearly outsized by, uh, by Hoth. Um, who I guess maybe couldn't get going for whatever reason for the first couple of rounds. She looked very strong in the third, but Hardy looked great. I'm very, very impressed with her. I, I can't wait to see her fight again. Uh, I'd like to see more finishes, obviously, but it's it's women's MMA uh, and we get what we get. But yeah, like I said, great performance as far as I'm concerned. I don't think it was... A, I think most of the fight was on the feet, if I remember rightly. Um, and Hardy looked great. And I'm just repeating myself now, so why don't someone else take it? Uh, I thought this fight was just a uh, kind of boring other WMMA fight. Like, they got some good fights, but this was one of the boring ones. I think the, a lot of the sentiment in Discord was kind of like, oh, it's boring, let's go. And then after that, finish just started happening, so maybe that seemed, made it seem worse. Uh, solid performance for Hardy. Uh, good to see her get a win. Uh, even if it wasn't the most exciting, a win's a win. And uh, Interesting to see how far she can go in the division. Uh, hmm. Interesting. Um, well, my my thoughts were like, I think she could have lost this fight had she had she kind of like slowed down sooner. I think Veronica looked good right off the bat, and that basically gave her enough momentum to win the fight. I I I'm not thinking that she's bad. I just think that this was a favorable play of the way the fight went. And I don't even think that she was facing a lesser opponent. I think that her, like you said, danger, her opponent just seemed to not show up, I think, at this fight. And I think that benefited her because she was a tall girl. I mean, if she starts off a little sooner, probably not getting knocked down, she probably arguably takes that round. And then we're going into the third with that momentum she had. It, It almost feels like she had she had kind of almost let off the gas a little bit and was kind of fighting with a little bit more, you know, aggression than, you know, accuracy, but you know, good win for her. She's got two in a row now and we're, you know, it's women's 125. It's stacked. You got, you know, killers at the top, you got hard fights in the middle and she just, you know, it's a good time to get momentum going because this division definitely needs contenders, you know, and Veronica's she's not, she's like 20. She's, 29, 20. Okay, yeah. She's young. Yeah, I saw it. The the, the Hoth was 33. And I saw the stat somewhere um, that if you've got a five year difference, you are 63% uh, chance of winning the fight. Hmm. Yeah, for that five year difference. Because that's one of the reasons I picked Hardy was because I noticed the five year age gap. And I thought that would probably make a difference at. uh, even at women's uh, MMA. Yeah, I mean, it's a crapshoot sometimes. And I think at this point, if you're looking at that division, this division's got 
enough uh, contenders in it. They just need to get momentum. Veronica is probably going to be one of them too, soon at least. Yeah, I haven't looked at the rankings or anything to see where she uh, is. She even ranked yet? I don't think she would be. No, uh, I don't think her opponent was either. So, um, yeah, it, it, again, she just needs a. She needs. She just needs fights. She just needs fights. Get that momentum. Keep it going, and then come next year, she'll probably be a contender when the division kind of shakes out its contenders out. That one judge was very uh, off, was it? Because when they started reading the scores out, and it was twenty eight, twenty nine, I was like, "What the hell's going on?" I don't yeah, I think that. he awarded that second round to her, which was like, all right, if you're looking for things to get, I guess if you squint hard enough. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> it's close, but not that close. <laughs> Maybe that inspired all the other fighters. They were like, fuck that. I don't want him scoring my points. Let's finish this battle now. Yeah, exactly. What does Dana always say? Don't leave it in the hands of the judges. <laughs> so that brings me to the end of the card. It was a Pretty good um, fight night card. Got to be one of the best ones of the year, I guess. Yeah, I wasn't all in on the Texas theme, but uh, in all the outfits and stuff. I don't but... know. The, the, ring, the ring girls in Stetsons and boots always look yeah. good. Yeah, it was interesting. I guess, you know, they're, they're trying something new, which is fun. Yeah, new news always fun, especially if they're actually putting effort behind it. It just seemed like they were like, um, what, 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 what can we do? This is our return to Texas. Uh, we've already been here, but we, we want to try something else. Uh, uh, do we, do we have anything? Someone's in the back. Like we got, we got spare yeah. boots. <laughs> and then the probably person who's writing the broadcast is like, do they have hats? <laughs> sure enough. That's what we got. We're like, all right, that's enough. What it, they, what, they, they said it on the broadcast. <laughs> Ah, looking good. Yep. <laughs> it works for the Dallas uh, Cowboy cheerleaders, so why not? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, yeah, who am I? Who am I to judge? <laughs> Maybe that's what got them their record gate. Yet another USC record gate. You know, not surprising when they keep jacking the prices up every show. Oh, yeah. I think these ones are a little bit more affordable, but yeah, I mean, shit. Like, eh, for 500 bucks for uh, four seats, I think. And you know, I mean, Joe was there, Tom Segura was there. I mean, hey, people were there, so <laughs> it must have been worth it. <laughs> and then we have the. Do you want to go on to Dana's supposed special fight that's coming up for three hundred, or shall we leave that for another day? Uh, I did not see anything about that. All oh, right, it's just speculation, really, at the moment. Dana says he's got a special fight planned, uh, and no one knows. Oh, he. No, no specu, no spe- like specifics on like what it could be or like where it's supposed to be or like what they were thinking. I heard him call it a super fight yeah, once, but yeah, super fight on Mega. There's been speculation like GSP, okay, and so Diaz, which because they had a grappling match that was supposed to happen but got canceled. What? Okay, so off topic. What is what is your guys' definition of a super fight? I guess then, because I might have a different definition of it. I mean, any any some anyone who's going for double champ, I guess that's a super fight. Other other than that, I guess it's some, you know, like Conor McGregor is generally considered a super fight just because of the numbers he brings in. Um, I don't really know what else you'd like. Say a uh, a couple of huge names, I guess. Uh, I know people have suggested Brock Lesnar might come back, or 
Ronda Rousey, uh, which both seem very ridiculous and unlikely. Uh, so I really don't know. Who knows what Dana means when he's saying these things? Yeah, to me, a super fight is champ versus champ, but uh, to Dana White, a super fight could be Izzy versus Alex for the 205 belt or something silly like that. You know, you never know, so. You, yeah, well, that one makes more sense because of where Izzy's availability isn't, like, definitive. And then it wasn't like he got hurt. It was more like he got embarrassed and then just didn't put up the best fight. And then on top of it, Pereira's availability is not in stone either. So Jalen, I'm, I'm sorry, Jamal Hill is not 100% either. Like coming off an Achilles injury, I think what three, four months ago, was it? Am I? Am I? No, I'm mistaken. Did on my you say Potan's um, plans were not in stone? I, damn it, I did. <laughs> I, I did. <laughs> wasn't even on purpose either. Um, I, God, I, I think it. I think it's dependent on whether or not Jamal Hill's ready or not. And then on top of it, they may also just book. Stipe versus um, Tom Aspinall. That's a possibility now too, right? Dana was repeating his line yesterday that uh, the Stipe Jones fight has to happen. I don't so think Stipe is taking the Tom fight ever. No. Well, is he going to do? What is he going to do? Wait. We're going to wait a year. Wait or he's not We're going to wait another year. Yeah. That's so fucking stupid. Like, what are we doing here? Like, we're just holding up the division for he, no reason. The to the point to where we're having the interim champion defend his interim belt. Because Dana loves John Jones, that's why. He doesn't. <laughs> well, he, he, we he, know he, this. In terms of fighting, he does. He's uh, the GOAT. Dana always says he's the GOAT. Uh, yeah, he, he just doesn't like to pay him. <laughs> well, that's true. He has apparently... Upped his contract, hasn't he? But I think that's I, I don't know. I'm just more looking at it like, okay, well, if they're legitimately calling it a super fight, a super fight to me is a champion and a former champion, or like a champion and another champion currently, right? Like you said, Danger is like a, a guy who's holding a belt and another guy who's holding a belt. Maybe not in you know, not currently, but they're they're looking to become another champion of another division. And there's a current champion who's willing to take it, who doesn't have any contenders. Two of those would be light heavyweight and heavyweight. The other one is possibly, you know, uh, Walter Waite after this fight. One that just, just popped into mind. What about Deontay Wilder versus someone? Because that's been speculated, hasn't it? He said he'd like to come to the UFC. Yeah, he's not coming to the UFC. We know this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if it, well, who would you put him up against? Who are you gonna put? Him, who are you gonna put him in there with? There's no one you can realistically put him in there. Where you, if it's an MMA fight, there's no way. What would he? What would he be fighting at heavyweight? Yeah, he's okay. like a smaller. He's a tall, lanky dude for a heavyweight boxer. Uh, I think he used to walk around at like two ten, two twenty, but I think now he's walking around like two thirty. No, oh, so two thirty plus light, could potentially make light heavyweight. Good. I mean, there. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they decide to make a special weight class for him. You know, like, oh, he's two twenty-five. You know, or two twenty. You know, but I he just might just fight heavyweight at that point. But um, no, I 
Dan is not going to change the rule sets for him. It's just going to be you're in the UFC, you're fighting in the UFC. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of speculation out there. Uh, we can all spill all at it, but then they'll probably give us something like uh, yeah, something you know, like yeah, something where it's like all right, all this hype, all this speculation, and it's going to be TJ Dillashaw versus Sean O'Malley. <laughs> <laughs> Something random like that. You're like, I no one asked for this fight. And he's gonna be like, What? How you he's gonna justify it like he would for Chandler McGregor. Who doesn't want to see that fight? Who doesn't want to see that fight? Like, no, I don't I don't think I mean it'd be interesting, but no. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I don't I don't we don't need to see GSP versus Nick Diaz either. No, no, I'm good no. with that one. I don't, I Dave no. might. Dave no. might just because <laughs> No. Are you sure, yeah. Dave? I don't want to see Nick Diaz fight again, quite frankly. I want to see him fight Tony Ferguson at 170. (laughs) Why? I don't know. Yes, why? Well, if they're both going to fight. Neither of them should be fighting. Neither of them. But if they're going to. Yeah, exactly. But it's bad. But if they're going to fight, would you rather see them fight each other or fight someone uh, like a... um, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I guess. I was gonna say with all the slams we had this weekend, maybe they'll bring Rampage back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the only thing we've really got to go over is oh, I guess we, we there might be two things to touch on, but BKFC. Uh, I know I stayed up and watched it simply because it followed on from the uh, uh, not normally my favorite. Uh, I would say mixed martial arts event, but of course it's not mixed martial arts. Uh, not my favorite sport, but some, I guess, some interesting fights. I only really paid attention to the main events, and uh, I did rewatch that one this uh, more, this afternoon. Uh, Mike Perry proving that bare knuckle boxing is apparently what he was built for. Uh, just an outstanding. Well, I don't know if you can call it outstanding, because I don't even really know for definite score. Uh, BK uh, FC events. I guess it's mainly on damage, uh, but I don't know that for definite. Uh, some nice exchanges backwards and forwards, and then uh, I guess I don't. I didn't see the punch, but it looks as if uh, Perry broke uh, Eddie's uh, orbital, uh, and he didn't come back out for the third round, uh, which Perry seemed a bit disappointed about. I think he wanted to carry on fighting, uh, but yeah, I mean. Brutal uh, defeat. I uh, did see uh, Eddie Alvarez's interview afterwards, and he was very touching there. Uh, going against people, uh, you know, having a go at his wife for being the one that's constantly shouting, uh, shouting his name and what is fine. Uh, yeah. He's saying, uh, you know, we have four kids together. She's she's been with him since he was fifteen, um, and she has every right to shout, which is a pretty nice uh, sentiment from Eddie. Uh, tough night for him. But he seemed quite willing to come back yeah. again. Yeah, I thought uh, what you got, Dave? it was a pretty fun fight. Um, I do think it's kind of interesting that Eddie said that because he did also tell his wife to be quiet at one point uh, after the fight when she was saying she didn't like the stoppage <laughs> or something. Uh, I thought Mike Perry actually kind of didn't look great. Um, I thought he looked slow and he looked plodding. Yeah. And I thought... Even though Eddie's face was getting busted to shit, I thought he looked sharp, and I thought he was winning that fight. 
And uh, besides, I mean, if you throw out the looks, because like he was all fucked up. But I mean, his hand speed looked great. He was landing a lot on Mike Perry. And, uh, you know, he got uh, cracked and broke his orbital. And I think his coach, Mark Henry, maybe, uh, Frankie Edgar's coach, uh, waved off the fight. He said he couldn't. Yeah. Yeah, he said he couldn't see, even at the press conference. Yeah, so like I ain't mad at the stoppage or nothing, but I th- I thought Eddie was actually on his way to winning that fight, and uh, kind of sucked to see it go that way. But uh, it was fun to watch. And then um, a quick point on another fight. Um, what was his name? Uh, Jeremy Stevens fought uh, Jimmy. Did he fight Jimmy Rivera? Uh, Rivera went on to be a, a cop, so I was kind of surprised to see him uh, fighting. BKFC again, and uh, that was kind of a, a little bit of a fun scrap, but it got stopped because of, of a cut that wasn't that bad, but that was just something notable on the card also, but yeah, the main event was kind of fun. I thought that uh, Mike Perry looked off, but you know, you can look off and uh, win, so it was kind of fun. Hmm. I, I didn't see the fight, uh, but uh, questions about uh, BKFC itself. Is um, I'll ask you guys since you guys watch it, uh, or watch it more than I do. Uh, is I don't watch it that. Much. Oh, okay. Uh, is it is it more popular than PFL, in your opinion? Uh, I'd watch it over. I have PFL. no idea. Would you Would you say like if you were to bet on it, if you're like okay, who has more viewers, PFL or? Like legal or not Probably legal? Probably per show, BKFC. Like per show. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, I would say they have more. And my my second question is that if Perry earned a million dollars in this fight, would you be surprised? Yes. I I saw that uh, Lazy had posted that on the Discord. One point one million pay. Um, yeah, it seems like quite a lot, but. I don't know what the finances of BKFC are. I, Obviously, Perry seems to be quite a big draw for the promotion, so maybe he could get that kind of money. I, I, I really know. No, my my thing is is like I, I I know that for the Rockhold fight, um, is it what's his name? Dave Feldman? Is it that is in charge of BKFC? No idea. Uh, he. He said he put up a mortgage on his house, like I took a mortgage out on his house um, for the bankroll on uh, that fight with uh, that fight uh, that fight card uh, for Rockhold versus Perry. So, if they're not making pay per view, I don't know how they're making money. As long as Perry's getting paid, man, that's the thing. We already knew what Bellator's financial situation was, and it wasn't great. They were barely making money just to stay afloat, and they weren't making a profit that was substantial for years. One's pretty much done if they can't find a substantial like revenue stream come January or maybe even February after that. But like that to make money in this game is hard, and I, I I appreciate when fighters can find a way to make money, even if it doesn't mean that they're fighting the best or in the best organization. Perry seems to have found that and is performing pretty much admirably because of it. Good for him. And it, considering where he was coming from prior to all of this, like he just kind of seemed like a washout in the UFC and didn't seem to 
have a footing anywhere else, but God, that band found what he was built for. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I saw afterwards he was uh, talking about um, Sean Strickland. Apparently they've kind of been in touch uh, with each other and Sean Strickland saying he wants to spar Perry uh, and Perry saying that uh, Ben Knuckle would be a great fit for Sean Strickland, which it might well be, in all honesty. Uh, be interesting to see how his uh, style fitted in there. Uh, not that I think Sean's going anywhere right now. Obviously. No. Nah. No, nah, I mean, it'd be fun to watch, but still, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, the two of them sparring together would be interesting to see. I'm sure they'd have some gym wars, those two. Oh, yeah. Plenty. Anything else anyone wants to bring up? Media-wise, fight-wise. Oh, there was the uh, Garcia fight, wasn't there? Uh, boxing, which I'm not a big fan of uh, normally, but I did flick over and watch the highlights of it and uh, see uh, Garcia get the finish. Uh, the, I forget the name of the guy who was fighting there. Uh, but he, he pushed his luck getting up from uh, being knocked down, left it until kind of nine when the referee was counting, and once he stood up, the referee just waved it off. That. Question real quick. Uh, did he did he look bigger than Garcia? Because I thought he looked bigger on the scale. I don't remember, to be honest. I, like I said, I only w- quickly watched the highlights before we started the show. Uh, so I didn't pay the greatest of attention. Ah. But Garcia looked, looked reasonable to me uh, as the uncultured boxing fan that I oh, am. Oh, shit. Which is to say no, not much of one at all. Uh, Dave, is Dave back? Dave's uh, mic broke. <laughs> ah. All right. Okie dokie then. Well, I guess we can leave <laughs> leave on that fine note. Um, so that's goodbye from me and Austin um, <laughs> and Dave too. Uh, <laughs> you'll have to trust us on that one. Uh, and we'll be back next week with the UFC Fight Night Song versus Gutierrez. Uh, this is it from Just Bleed Radio. Uh, see you next week, guys. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Bye now. <laughs> Damn it. We were so, we were there. We were there. Like <laughs> I thought he was gonna come in with this guy. No, I think Veronica, finishing off on Veronica should be fine. Dave, please don't use that. <laughs> Dave. 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 God damn it, Dave. <laughs> My mind has just gone blank.